much. But uh, I want to, as we get started, you know, before we dive in, just thinking about what Mallory was saying about the Holy Spirit, about the Lord, about how he's still doing today what he did so many years ago. But the question is, do we, do we live our lives as though God is the same, you know the scripture, come on, yesterday, today, and forever? Are we, are we organizing, planning, living our lives as though the Holy Spirit of God is actually God? about you, but that's a struggle. It's a struggle. It's a struggle mainly because I am prone, and you tell me if you are, it's going to be class participation today, <laughs> not that you're in class, you free choice, you can do whatever you want, but think about it. I'm prone to trust my planning more than God's planning, yeah? You know, because I... I read stuff in the scripture and I'm like, well, like maybe that meant something else. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I want to I want to look at that today and I want to talk to you about the Holy Spirit. But before we get there, I want to want to kind of set the table for us, but when I was growing up, I had coaches, I had grandparents, I had parents. They they would use this phrase to me and you tell me if you heard it. Garbage in, garbage out. Anybody heard that phrase? Yeah, a lot of you. Garbage in, garbage out. Maybe your parents said that to you, or a coach, or a pastor, or a boss. I had a coach in college who would harp in it. He would say, put garbage in your body and you'll get garbage out of your body. I was like, all right, man, chill. Just try to have a good time in college playing baseball. But he had a point, right? If you put garbage in your body, you're going to get your results are not going to be what you hope them to be. You put garbage into your work ethic. Your work ethic won't produce. You put garbage into your attitude and you'll be a negative person. You put garbage into your outlook on life, you'll face dark days. And we could go on and on and on, right? Because we all kind of resonate with this idea, this thought, garbage in, garbage out. It's kind of a crude way to say what you feed yourself physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually will in fact produce results in your life. So what you feed yourself in every area of your life is going to affect every area of your life. And so that, that is true, and we could talk about business, we could talk about home life, we could talk about all kinds of areas, but I want to talk to you specifically about why we gather as the church. As the church, the body of Christ, the living God. I loved what Mallory was talking about. As the living God who has chosen Right? We sang it to bring us into his family and indwell us with the Holy Spirit. The literal power and presence of God in your life. We talked about what that does to the mission of our life last week. That you 
that the Holy Spirit, Acts 1-8, will come on you with power to be his witness, not just for the heck of it, not to do something weird and crazy, not to make a snake come out of a basket, or, you know, for me to get you to buy a green hanky for a lot of money so I can have a private jet, but we'll leave that one right where it is, all right? But it's very specific why it says that the Holy Spirit will come on you with power, right? And the Greek word is dynamite. How's that going? Do you have, do you have an explosive witness for Christ? I mean, that, I don't know about you, but that's so convicting to me. Think about it. That first church in Acts, it says that the Holy Spirit came on them with power, explosive power to be his witness. We're literally sitting here today because of that. It's powerful. It's powerful. And so then in Acts 2, we see Pentecost and we see the Holy Spirit come to all of those first believers. And I think to myself, as a church family, as a body, as the body of Christ, what are we collectively putting into our heart and mind? Let me say it to you another way. What's feeding our soul? It's important. Because Philippians 4.8, you can put that on the screen for me, Jordan. Philippians 4.8 says this, Finally, brothers and sisters, so he's, he's written a whole book of the Bible, and he says, Finally, brothers and sisters, listen to this, Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, listen to this, if anything is excellent and praiseworthy, If anything is, what does it say? It says, think about those things. Can can we just pause and and ask ourselves a question? What are you feeding your soul with? Because if you think about it, what what you put into your mind is going to control your thinking, and what controls your thinking is going to control your feelings, and what controls your feelings is going to control your actions. As you play that out, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you something because I'm concerned for the collective church, and I'll just be honest with you, even for Redeemer City Church, as a family, right, if I, let me just put it this way, I have three kids, I pay attention to what goes into their mind, heart, and soul, Right? I, there, there are certain things that my kids are not allowed to do, not because I don't like them, because I love them, and I know that certain things going in, whether it be what they eat, what they consume on TV, what they consume on an iPad, all, all the things, what they're talking about in school, all these things feed their soul. And so I get concerned for us, even as adults, that what we feed our soul with, and if you're watching online, I'm talking to you too, what we feed our soul with every day of our life affects who we are because think about this if there's too much garbage going in there's not going to be enough good coming out too much world you tracking with me too much world coming in there won't be enough grace going out too much all right stay with me 
Too much Netflix, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, and whatever else we numb our minds with. Too much of the... I didn't get any amens on that. I believe online. You're typing amen in the chat. (laughs) Thank you, Willie. (laughs) Think about it, though. If we fill our mind and heart and soul... Right? Because what does Scripture say? We're to love the Lord our God with how much of our heart? It says all. With all your heart, with how much of your mind? What does it say? And how much of your soul? What's it say? All of your heart, mind, and soul. Can I ask you a question? And I, I listed off all those because not a one of us doesn't fall on that list. I'm stepping on everybody's toes. If you are loving Jesus, listen to me, with all of your heart, all of your mind, and all of your soul, will you have room enough to consume those things as much or more than Jesus? This is a real question. Talk to me. No. Garbage in, garbage out. If you're taking notes, Jordan, you can put that up on the screen. I want you to write that down. Because what a simple mantra for your life this week. Just pay attention to it. Pay attention to it because it says whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is excellent and praiseworthy, Think on those things. I don't know if I can point to all of that list that I just read and say that most of it is excellent and praiseworthy and noble. Some of it is. But if I don't have a whole lot more Jesus going in, I'm not going to discern all of those things coming out. Am I making sense? Lift up and say yes. Thank you. Garbage in, garbage out. Let me, let, me, let me show you an Old Testament story that just shows you the heart of your God. 2 Corinthians chapter 7. 2 Corinthians. That's not in the Old Testament. Come on, Pastor. Chronicles. They're so close, but not really. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 13 to 15 says this. This is, this is God speaking to his people. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people. Wait a minute. This is God allowing all those various trials to come into the life of his people. They didn't happen to the people from Satan. This think about it. This is God allowing us. Why? Just like. If my children start to wander, there is correction that brings them back, right? And it it doesn't drive them away from me. It brings them closer. And so here we have God allowing those things to come. Why? Why? Look at verse 14 of 2 Chronicles 7. It says, If my people who are called by my name, come on church, right? Who are called by my name will what? Humble themselves. Oh, it's the H word. (laughs) Will humble themselves and what? 
pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will hear their land. By the way, that's not for the United States of America. It's for the kingdom of God coming on earth as it is in heaven. God's people. Now my eyes will be open, verse 15. This is God speaking. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. Come on. So I, have, I just have a, I have a burden for all of us today. I have a burden as your pastor, just thinking about your life and thinking about everything going on in the world around you and everything going on on TV and all those, all those things I said. I have a burden that every single one of us, whether you are sitting here now, whether you're watching online, whether you watch this on YouTube later, or whether you're listening to a podcast, wherever you hear my voice, I have this burden that every single one of us would be filled with the Spirit, walking in step with the Spirit, and thus experiencing the fruit of the Spirit. See, the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians is not a to-do list. It's a result. Right? It doesn't say the fruit of Mitch's effort, does it? That's not what it says. That's how we act most of the time. That's not what it says. What does it say? The fruit of the Spirit. Jesus would say it this way in the Gospel of John. We talk about this all the time. Abide in me and I in you. And he goes on, he says, you will bear much fruit because apart from me you can do nothing. And I think we, I think we know that in our minds. But I don't know if we live and experience that in our daily life. But I believe that we actually can. But I think we've got to start unplugging from one thing where we're getting filled up and start plugging into the Spirit of God to get filled up. Because for us to be on mission, Acts 1.8, in the world as agents of reconciliation, 2 Corinthians 5, then we have to fill up with the Spirit more than everything else. And for a lot of us, me included, that's going to that's gonna take some radical changes. Radical changes. What's filling your tank? Garbage in, garbage out. Let me ask you, let me ask you this today. Do the people around you every day, okay, just put yourself there, every day, do the people around you, do they see an unhinged political worshiper? <laughs> Or do they see a spirit-filled, Jesus-worshiping, praying people of God? And that's, that's what we're after. That's what we're after. So there's a particular story in Acts chapter 10 that I want to look at um, with you. And then I want to close our time. I'm just going to tell you where we're headed. I want to close our time in communion praying that you would experience the presence of God in your life this week. Deal? All right. Let's go to Acts chapter 10 if you have a Bible. And while you're turning there, um, the scene in Acts 10 is at a house of a guy named Cornelius. And so Cornelius was in the Italian military. He was uh, pretty high up. He was a, a pretty important guy. But here's, here's what, as you're turning there, earlier in Acts 10, we're not going to read this in there, but here is what Acts 10 says about Cornelius, all right? There, here's the testimony written down for eternity in God's word about Cornelius. Here's what it says. 
He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. And if you need a vision for your life, you can write these three things down. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. That was the, that was the testimony of Cornelius' life. So if you need a vision for your life, fear the Lord, be generous, and pray. Your whole life will change. <laughs> your whole life will change right now if you'll commit to that. What a vision for your life. So Cornelius obviously had heard of Jesus. He had heard the rumors of Pentecost in Jerusalem because we're in Acts 10 now. Remember that was Acts 2 and it was crazy. You can go read Acts 2 for your devotions this week. It was wild. You ever read it just like and actually think about the way it happened? Like fire falling on people? Like fire wasn't even fire. It was just the Holy Spirit. But a lot of times we think like that was... That was for the Jewish people in a one-time event, and that's just the way it was. But you fast forward to Acts chapter 10, and Cornelius finds out that Peter's in his area, and he knows what happened. And so Peter is invited by Cornelius to come to his house. And so last week we talked about throwing a party, a Jesus-centered party. And so Cornelius does that. He invites Peter to come and he invites all his friends, family, and, and, and everybody he could. Everybody that would fit in his house. He invites all into his house. And so that's the scene. And what happens and what I'm about to read to you is what my prayer for every single one of you and for us collectively as Redeemer City Church would be true moving forward forever. Are you tracking with me? a big deal because what happens is Cornelius is a Gentile Cornelius is a Gentile and most of us I don't know all of your backstory but a lot of us we're Gentiles I don't know if you're a Jew if you're Jewish right now or not maybe some of you are but the vast majority of us are Gentile so this is a big deal for us all right now I want to I want to read it to you because I want to invite you to join me in praying for this to be true in our church. Here's what it says. Acts chapter 10, verse 44 to 48. So remember, Cornelius invites Peter. His friends and family are filling his house. And what does Peter do? Peter comes and he preaches the gospel to them. I love that. I love that. that he didn't come and tell them about all the crazy things he had done. He didn't give a testimony. He didn't, do all, he didn't do any of that. He shows up and he uses that opportunity under the power of the Holy Spirit to preach the gospel to them. Are you aware today that whether you've been a Christian for 20 years or two seconds or you're not, you need the gospel. You need the good news that Jesus has done for you, which you could not do for yourself. And so Peter is preaching the gospel that Jesus... Jesus Christ stepped out of the splendors of heaven onto earth, lived 33 years, a perfect life, and went and died on the cross as a sinless, perfect, sacrificial lamb so that you and I right now could be made right with God. And then he rose from the grave three days later, and the world's never been the same. And the reality is, is most people's problem with that, what I just said, is not scientific, it's not historical, it's lordship. 
It's that if that's true, he gets to be in charge. But look at this in Acts chapter 10, verse 44. It says, while Peter was still speaking these words, and you can read them on your own time in Acts 10. Listen to this. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers, the Jewish Christians who had come with Peter, listen to this, were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles. See, because what what they thought was just for them was actually for everybody. And in that shift, I want you to know that there is power from the Holy Spirit available in your life. Do you live like it? Because look what happens. 46, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. (laughs) What an awesome story. Theologians will call this the Gentile Pentecost. Because it was, as later in the New Testament, we don't have time to look at this, but Ephesians talks about it, this dividing wall of hostility that's broken down and just this new one family church being made all around the world. There's billions of people that have followed Jesus, that have given their lives for Jesus, that are trusting Jesus with everything. There are Christians right now, pastors right now in Afghanistan, literally laying their lives down because this is real. Awesome. And can I just be be honest with you? What we need in our church, what we need in our city, what we need in this country, what we need around the world is not more and better policies. That's part of it. We don't need different and better leaders, though that may be part of it or helpful. Let's be real for what we're we're truly after and what we truly need is a move of God, a pouring out of the Holy Spirit on God's people and that they, us, we, me, you would be his witness under the power of the Holy Spirit. You want to change the city? The Holy Spirit will come on you with power to be his witness. It's never been clearer than it is right now in this moment and in this time and at our church. It's never been clearer that our vision is Jesus. What are we after? Jesus. What are we looking for? Jesus. What are we working towards? Jesus. We look to him for salvation. And then the Holy Spirit will fall. And he'll begin to make us look like him. Like Jesus. You'll start to think the way Jesus thinks. 
do the things Jesus does. Why? Because garbage in, garbage out. Holy Spirit in, Holy Spirit out. Come on. And so if we keep going down that road when the Holy Spirit falls on us and begins to shape us and we're going to look more like Him, then and only then can we begin to look with Him at the people in our neighborhood, at the people in our workplace, at the people at Salvation Army, at wherever you find yourself. It's only then that you can go look with Him at the world because what happens when Jesus comes into a place? I always think about the triumphal entry, right? And so they have this crazy thing and Jesus rides up and begins to overlook the city of Jerusalem. And what does the scripture say about him? He isn't like, whoa, charge. Like he doesn't like fly in it. What does it say? It says he was moved with compassion because they were like a people lost without a shepherd. That's the way Jesus sees the people in the world. Lost. And so... We need a move of God. The Holy Spirit. That the gospel would come through his people. So that all who would believe on his name, right? That's what Acts chapter 10 says. That all who would believe on his name. That all who heard the message would receive the Holy Spirit. That they would come to salvation and be welcomed into the family of God and that we would see human flourishing and relationships all around us. If you want to write that down, Jordan, you can throw this up on the screen. Very last one. Our vision is Jesus. To him, like him, and with him. It's a powerful vision for your life. It'll change your life. But that's oftentimes the scary part, right? (laughs) It'll change your life. It'll change the things that you set as a goal in your life. But let me tell you, if the Holy Spirit of God will show up and power in your life to be His witness, you'll never be the same. But I just wonder if we're in that place, that space where we know that, but we don't live that. And so I want to take this moment as we shift towards communion to think about what God called his people in Second Chronicles chapter 7 to do. Because if God's the same yesterday, today, and forever, then the path towards him is still the same. What does it say? If my people will... Humble themselves and pray and seek my face. We'd go to other other places and say, see if I won't pour out the floodgates of heaven. So I wanna I wanna just take that I wanna take that opportunity with you today to pray that. Because if you go and you can grab your communion elements, but if you go to First Corinthians. It says that we ought to examine ourselves. And oftentimes we think about that as kind of like a guilty thing. (laughs) 
Like, where do I have sin that I'm not confessing? Well, you probably have lots, and so do I. But this is a celebration of grace, right? That God paid for those sins in full. And then he hung on that cross and said, it is finished. But as we, as we turn to Jesus, right, and, and we do communion every week because Jesus is our vision. I want you to walk out of here every Sunday thinking about Jesus and thinking about Jesus' grace and thinking about the Holy Spirit in your life. But the scripture does tell us to examine ourselves because what we're proclaiming as we take communion is that our vision is Jesus, right? Because it says in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six, it says, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Like, like you're making, you're, you're putting a, you're putting, planting a flag in the ground here when you take communion every week. You're, you're putting a stake in the ground and you're saying, you're saying, Jesus is my vision. And this week, Jesus will be my vision. I'm going to look to him. And then God's going to help me look like him. Then I can look with him and be his witness with great power from the Holy Spirit. But you're not going to do that on your own. You're not going to. <laughs> we have tried. Anybody tried? Anybody bold enough to say you've tried? Yeah, a few of you are. The rest of you are liars. <laughs> Kidding, kind of, not really. We are. Right? Like we just, we, we fool ourselves into thinking that we can, that we can live how we want. <laughs> and God will bless it. But what, is, what does Second Chronicles say? That God actually allows those other things to come into your life because, because we just don't actually have Jesus as our vision. And so I want to pray that with you because what 1 Corinthians 10 says is that this cup of blessing, right, this little, this little cup and this little bread, that, that we take together, think about it. It says the cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a sharing in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a sharing in the body of Christ? Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body, since all of us share one bread. The vision is Jesus. And so I would encourage you to take that wafer out of the top and hold it in your hand. And I want to give you a minute here to pray, to examine yourself. Because, because I believe that today, every single one of us have something that needs to be surrendered to the Lord. Now we've got we to gotta unplug from something and plug back into the Holy Spirit of God. Because if God's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and He was coming in power on those believers, Jews and Gentiles, and by the way, He's never retracted that offer. He's never retracted that offer. It is still on the table for you right now. In the body and blood of Jesus. So let's just take 30 seconds of silence. And if you're new to this, you're a guest of ours, I, it's going to be weird. Just be honest with you. But there's nothing more powerful than I can offer you than the presence of God. So I would encourage you, if you're new to this, that you would just pray. That you would talk to God, even if it's for the first time. 
Just share what's on your heart. He won't be surprised. But it'll change your life. So let's just take 30 seconds and on our own in this moment of silence to pray. If you're watching online, I'd encourage you to do the same. Take this moment of silence to go before the Lord, examine ourselves, and surrender in a, in a new and fresh way today to the Spirit of God. you're holding your wafer, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, this is the Apostle Paul writing, and he says these words, he said, for I received from the Lord what I passed on to you. That's why we still do this. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread, and so that's why we hold that bread in our hands as we do this. And the scripture says, when he had given thanks, which we've been doing all morning, When he had given thanks, he broke it. And I'd encourage you to break it in your hands right now, thinking about the body of Jesus that was broken on your behalf. So when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. You can take the bread. Verse 25 of 1 Corinthians 11 says, In the same way, he also took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is what I just talked about with the Jews and the Gentiles and Pentecost and Jesus dying on the cross. You didn't bring a lamb here today. You didn't bring a dove. We don't have a slaughterhouse out back. There's no big curtains that I hide behind. You can walk straight into the throne room of heaven, this new covenant, because of the blood that was shed for you by Jesus. And so it says this, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. You can take the cup. Amen. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, You proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And so every time we do this, every Sunday we do this, we're planting that stake in the ground that Jesus is our vision to the glory of God. Amen? Amen. We have the band come up. I want to pray with you. And then I want to take the opportunity. We say this often that sometimes our heart doesn't know how to respond other than to sing. (laughs) And so the, the New Testament, the gospel writers tell us that when Jesus had finished that with his disciples, that they got up, so you can stand up, and they went out to a mountain. We don't have those, so we'll stay here. And they sung a song. 
And so we just want to respond to the goodness of God in our life. And, and if we can pray with you, please let us know if we can serve you in any way. We can get you uh, connected to Growth Track or a city group. Uh, we were not made to do this alone. So let's, uh, let's praise the Lord together, but let me pray. God, thank you again for your goodness. Thank you for every single person within the sound of my voice that you would bless them. As your word says, would you cause your face to shine upon them and give them peace. We love you. Be glorified by our singing now. And it's your name we pray. Amen. Amen.